Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. How's it going? How's your Thursday? No, seriously. How is it going? Um, I'm, uh, I'm out here seeing the family back east, doing some gigs. I'm in Wilkes Bar or Wilkes Barry, Pennsylvania. I don't know how you say it. I've always found Pennsylvania fucking depressing. Unless I'm in Philly or if I'm in Pittsburgh. There's just something about driving. There's certain parts of the country. I don't know what the fuck it is. I think it goes back to when no one knew who the fuck I was. And I was just driving to some gig in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I'd be driving out to like fucking Pennsylvania, like upstate New York. I'm telling you right now, you want to see me in a bad mood? Get me on the fucking 87 North. You know, there's, there's, like a, there's some sort of cutoff. I don't know where it is. Somewhere around, somewhere around Poughkeepsie. You know? And I just drive. And it, what's funny is... Both Pennsylvania and New York are fucking gorgeous. Dude, it's fucking God's country. Lush green fucking topography. You know, uh, uh, all kinds of water on the geography. I'd go under an oath with the stenography. Sorry. Um, Yeah, they're fucking beautiful, but there's just something about it. Just... I remember getting on the 87 North one time. Oh, my God. I had this gig way in north, northern Vermont. And Jesus Christ. You just get, rent a fucking car, and you just get in it, and you just point it at Montreal, and you just started driving and driving and driving and driving. Just fucking... And at some point, you banged a right over the fucking Hudson River. And then you were in Vermont. And you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. Doing a gig in Vermont. I never did stand-up in Vermont. Sorry, I just fucking woke up. I never even did stand-up in Vermont. Hey, check another state off the fucking list. Oh, Billy OCD, you got this stand up in every fucking state. And I know, and I know that I can make everybody fucking laugh. That's what I did. All the way up to Vermont. And I was working in this, uh, this hotel or some shit. And I remember this guy was middling for me. He was a nice guy and everything, this fucking asshole was supposed to do like 20 minutes. And on Friday night, he did like 37, which is just way fucking over. I mean, headlining was 45 minutes back then on that gig. This fucking asshole does 37. And then he pulls the whole, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Some bullshit like that, right? And the fucking next night he went out, he did close to like an hour. And all he was trying to do was burn out the fucking crowd. 
So when I went up there, there was like nothing left. And I was so stupid. I believed him on the first show that he didn't, he, that he accidentally did 37 minutes. The fucking guy was like 40 years old back then. Jesus Christ, he's got to be pushing 70 now. That's just getting scary, man. That fucking gig was almost 30 years ago. 30 years ago, and here I am still bitching about it. Rather than fucking, you know, I should have just gone up there, you know, done the gig. Got myself some syrup, whatever, whatever souvenir. I don't know what the fuck you do. I did some shows there. I'm in New York City uh, yesterday. I went to the matinee showing of American Buffalo. Um, which was absolutely incredible. It's funny. It's one of the few plays that I actually know. Um, I remember a long, long time ago, I was taking, uh, I was thinking of taking acting classes. That's what it was. I didn't even think to take acting classes. What it was was I ran into somebody who was a comedian who got seen by somebody big and had never taken acting classes and they handed him a fucking script and he didn't know what he was doing. So he was telling me that story and he had this look on his face like he fucked up his whole career. So I was like, well, shit. I don't ever want to have that, that look on my face. So, um, you know, I just... Uh, I started taking acting classes. So I remember before I took acting classes, Bobby Kelly was like, dude, come over to my apartment, dude. We'll do some scenes, dude. So you do something, dude, before you go over there, dude. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went over there and we did some scenes from American Buffalo. And I have not read the fucking thing since then. This is one, yet another thing that was like close to 30 years ago. So anyways, I saw it. It was the, the play starred Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Rockwell, and this kid, uh, Darren Chris. And they went out and just fucking killed. First of all, I went into the theater. It's that uh, circle in the square. That's what they call it. I guess square meaning Times Square. I didn't see a circle. But I remember a long time ago, I went there and I saw True West with Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, John C. Riley, So that's pretty cool, you know, as far as the actors I've seen in there. Philip Seymour Hoffman, John C. Riley, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Rockwell, and this new up-and-coming kid, Darren Chris, was fucking amazing. Um, I remember I walked in the theater immediately. The second I walked in the theater, I saw the whole setup and everything. I felt like this real fucking excitement, like this is going to be awesome. It's going to be fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, fucking lights go down. Places clapping and shit. And it gets quiet. And the lights come up and fucking Lawrence Fishburne's on stage. And I'm like, literally, I mean, I was like at some point when he was walking around the stage. I was literally like, you know, 10 feet away from the guy. I'm like, that's fucking Lawrence Fishburne. I've been watching that guy since Apocalypse Now. Boys in the Hood, The Matrix, fucking decade after decade after decade of fucking incredible work. And he's doing his, you know, the big opening with Darren, and they're both killing it. And then fucking 
Sam Rockwell comes on like fucking like a bolt of lightning, and then it just it go. It was so it went by so goddamn fast. It was fucking amazing, absolutely incredible, hilarious, dark, the whole thing. Um, it was awesome, and I was actually thinking like, wow, this is fucking cool, man. I'm in New York, and I'm at a Broadway play. Watching amazing ads. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, I just come to New York and I just feel like, you know, I do my little small town shit. This is where I get my slice of pizza. This is where I get a smoothie if I'm trying to be good. Go down to the club and go do a spot. The same shit I've been doing since the fucking 90s. But every once in a while, I actually do some New York shit. I remember thinking, like, I'm in New York right now at a Broadway play watching fucking three of the best actors I've seen in a fucking long time. Um, made the trip feel like, you know, like worth it. Um, but I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's going until July 10th, you know, and if you're one of these guys where you're like, dude, I'm not fucking going to some, see some fucking, some, uh, you know, fucking, you know, scootily boop, fucking little stupid ass fucking Broadway play. I'm telling you, if you, if you're one of those guys, you hate the theater, go see this shit. You won't. You know, you bring your wife down there. She's fucking happy. Take her out to dinner. You know, you go in there. She gets a program. She gets to dress up and all of that shit. She watched a great play. And guess what? She won't be mad at you for at least fucking, you know, 36 hours. Then something will happen. But, you know, for those 36 hours, I just want to say that was really nice. You know, we should do that more. The whole thing, the dinner, dressing up, just being out, just us, like, connecting again. was really nice. That's, that's the only thing that stinks is when you do something nice like that. Now they're not yelling at you, but now they're commentating about what the fuck you just did. You know, and then we came to the street, and it said walk, and we walked. We didn't run. We just walked. We just, like, we had the time. We went up to the ticket booth. We got the tickets. You know, and that lady in the ticket booth was so nice. She's like, all right. I was there. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had a good time, right? And then, and then you're back into it again. Um, so anyway, uh, I went out and did stand-up last night, went out to the New York Comedy Club, and I popped in at the uh, Comedy Cellar. And, um, yeah, I was trying out some new shit. It was classic New York, you know? New York Comedy Club is the first time I was doing it. It was kind of going okay. It was kind of going all right. And then I fucking went over to the cellar, and now I'm doing it again within the hour. And it gets just that much better. It was fucking fun, man. It was a good time. Um, although New York Comedy Club, I always feel a little old when I'm there. It's a, kind of a young crowd. And I was doing my shit. And... Um, it was just this one young woman in the crowd was just like staring at me blankly, like, who is this old idiot saying all this fucking ignorant shit? And, uh, you know, the old me would have said something. Would have said, hey, lady, you know, the fuck is your problem? But I'm old now. And I'm like, I know what, she doesn't have a problem. She's normal. <laughs> She's looking at some bald orange idiot up here, deliberately saying a bunch of dumb shit. I was too. I kind of went in there and I was fucking making fun of abortion rallies and feminists and stuff, just right out of the gate, just to kind of like sort of feel them out. 
if they were going to be like laughing or whatever. And they, they, they were. They were actually pretty good. And there was a part of me, actually, I was tempted to take the night off, which I didn't, which I did not because I knew I needed to do my act a little bit. So tonight, when people are actually paying to see me, I'm not going up there fucking, you know, shaking the dust off or the rust off, whatever the fucking expression is. Uh, but I was tempted. You know, both the Mets and the Yankees had a home game last night. And the Mets, I just saw them play the Dodgers, but I haven't been to their new, you know, their new city field. I've only been to the last one game I went to, which is still at Shea, which was a painful place as a Red Sox fan to go to. He's always looked over at first base, and you're like, right there, that's what happened. Look at home plate, that's where the pass ball was. Right there, and then right there was where the fucking, you know, behind the bag, and the Mets win it, you know. Um, that owner's fucking hilarious. He spent the most money in the league, and he's in there playing, like, some of the best baseball in the league, and he's still talking the trade deadline. Hey, you know, if I got to fucking do something else, I'm going to do it. Just great. He finally learned from their older brother across the fucking river there. That's what you do. You spend more money than everybody else. Um, I was actually, or I was going to go see the Yankees because the way they're playing with their record and everything, it reminded me in 1998, as much as I hated the Yankees, I'm like, greatness is greatness, and I got to go see this fucking team. Um, and I did neither. And I was also like, this is Stanley Cup final tonight. Colorado Avalanche versus the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning who are trying to attempt to become three-peat fucking Stanley Cup champions. I didn't watch it. I went out and I did the goddamn work. I'm trying to guilt you guys right now. I went out and I did the goddamn work. Can you say that about yourselves? Um, I heard it was a fucking unbelievable game. I walked by a bar when I was done with my second spot. It was three to three. With like six minutes to go in the third period. And um, Colorado won it in overtime. And uh, one of my buddies was fucking texting me going, dude, this is like such high-level, sick-level fucking hockey. Um, all of my friends are picking Colorado. Just saying they're too fast on all of this type of shit. But I don't know. Tampa's getting this the third time and... I don't know. They got a defense and shit. I just always feel like the experience and a defense, that's going to be tough to beat. But I am rooting for Colorado. I don't know why. Actually, this one, I'm not, I'm not really fucking either way on this one. I will tell you this. Stamkos' goal against the fucking Rangers where he shot it and then it went off his body and somehow went into the net. That was one of those bullshit fucking plays that you can't fucking... There's no way to prove that he sort of guided it in, but he did. He absolutely fucking did. The first thing I thought of was Reggie Jackson when he was stuck in that rundown. And he fucking leaned his body, his hip, you know, and he fucking made the ball go out in right field. And Steve Garvey's fucking pointing at him. And, of course, the ref didn't see it. Ref didn't see it because it's the fucking New York Yankees. You're in the Bronx. You wanted to get out of there alive. It was the late 70s. Summer of Sam. Fuck this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought that goal was bullshit, but there was, there's no fucking way to prove it. It's just like, it happened so fast. I get why they called it a goal, but it was like, he shot it, it went to hit him, and he just angled his body at the goal. 
And, uh, but it was great. It was perfect because he, he didn't fucking slap at it with his hand. He didn't kick at it with his foot. He just sort of fucking got his body, you know, squared up with the net. And physics did the rest. Um, congratulations to the Rangers, though, even though it was a fucking brutal loss or whatever. But, I mean, they seem to be uh, headed in the right direction. And what blows my fucking mind is they ended that 54-year curse, and they're almost coming up on 30 years already since they won it the last time. It's unreal. They're more than halfway there. Curse was 28 years and 28 years. They're fucking 20... They're 28 years. They're halfway there. Jesus Christ, time is flying over here. Um... I was saying that the Montreal Canadiens haven't won it in 29 years. Which was just unheard of when I was growing up. Those fucking assholes. They used to win it like every year. And then the 80s, they still won one. The 90s, they still won one. So it's like, all right, well, now that there's 30 teams in competition for these guys, they'll win it once every fucking 10 years. And then I think uh, the two... the 90s was the first decade they hadn't won a cup since the 1900s. They won one in the teens, the 20s, I mean, numerous teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. No, 90s, 93 they won it. What the fuck am I talking about? 2000, they, they won a, won a whole, almost a whole fucking century of winning at least one championship in a decade. Holy shit. Holy shit, everybody. The old sports nerd who can barely skate backwards is fucking geeking out over here. Um, anyway, Red Sox are winning. And what's just great is nobody's really noticing because the Yankees continue to win. They have such a huge lead on us. But what's fucking great thing is, is there's still the wild card. So for all the winning the Yankees could do, the Red Sox could still make the fucking playoffs and come in there and break their fucking hearts. I mean, last time the Yankees beat us in the playoffs was 20 years ago, 19 years ago. How fucking nuts is that? Um, but I don't know, this team, this team they got this year, Jesus Christ. But the Red Sox, I don't know, center pitching's looking good. Devers is... Uh, Devers, I always want to call him Devers. Devers is fucking hitting some home runs. I think it's going to be all right there. By the way, I'd have to say the Oakland A's uniform might be the best in baseball. I know you have the Yankees, the classic pinstripe or whatever, which is a great uniform and a great logo. You know, but I think a lot of it is associated, too, with the success and the players, which is a part of it. But I got to tell you, if you didn't know shit about baseball... That fucking green with the yellow and the white of the Oakland A's is unreal. You know, when you combine that with the fact that I feel the Oakland Raiders have, like, the best fucking uniform and logo in all of sports, you know, especially when they wear the white jersey with the silver numbers, it's fucking incredible. Both of them played in Oakland, and now it looks like both teams, well, one's already gone. Both teams are going to end up in Vegas. Who the fuck it's going to go to a goddamn baseball game in Las Vegas. I don't know about that move. Football, yeah. 
You just got to sell out eight games. Degenerate gamblers love to bet on fucking football. I mean, that was a no-brainer. But then again, who would have thought hockey would make it in fucking Vegas? I don't know. I have no idea. But um, it's looking like they're going to fucking move. That's such bullshit, too. That really is fucking bullshit. It's like the guy trades away his fucking team every year or tries to win with, like, not doing anything, like spending no fucking money. And now, you know, the fans are going to pay for it. Oh, build me a fucking stadium or I'll leave. And you have a stadium, you fucking cunt. It really blows my mind that they can fucking do that to cities. The shit that people can do. Take over the food supply. Pour shit in the water supply. Dump shit in the fucking ocean. You know, fire hundreds of people at a corporation while you take a fucking nine-figure bonus. Hold a city hostage. Build us a stadium or we're fucking leaving. You can do all of that shit. Nobody gets in fucking trouble. Then you send out one tweet as an individual not doing anything and they fucking destroy your life. Um, Masterclass, everyone. You know, with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn to barbecue BBQ from Aaron Franklin. Skateboarding from Tony Hawk. Or learn songwriting and producing from Alicia Keys. Is that really her last name? What are the odds her last name is going to be Keys and she plays the piano? You know, I'm Billy Strings. I'm one of the great fucking master guitar players out there. Oh, yeah, I'm Mikey Crockpot. I'm going to teach you how to cook. Um, with, 100, with over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Alicia Keys just sitting there, right? Being all brave without her makeup on, teaching your, your fucking, you're sitting there with your little keyboard in your kitchen. Right? And she's all of a sudden you're fucking there with Alicia Keys. I wonder what song she teaches you how to play. Um, na, 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 na. Hundreds of video lessons from 100 plus of today's most brilliant minds are available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV. Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass and a Monday morning podcast listener. And as a Monday morning podcast listener, you get 15% off the annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash burn now. That's masterclass.com slash burn for 15% off masterclass. Um, I remember I took piano lessons when I was just failing miserably the first time I lived in L.A. I took piano lessons for like, I don't know, two or three times. I always wish I stuck with those things. Because there's, there's a lot of pianos out there. Have you noticed that? Like you always walk in and you're like, fuck, I wish I, I, wish I every time you see it, you're like, fuck, I wish I stayed, stayed with that. 
could sit down right now like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, bang out a few hits. Um, <laughs> I know how to play a couple songs on the piano. I can play the beginning to um, that Journey song. Don't stop believing. I think I can do all yacht rock. Lionel Richie, uh, easy like Sunday morning. Oh yeah, I'm coming with the hits, people, and I'm and I'm starting to fuck with Chicago Saturday in the Park, which for the longest time I thought was about drug addiction. I finally looked up the uh, the lyrics. I thought initially it was about a guy going to the park, you know sort of enjoying what he was seeing and like a homeless guy you know Saturday or as they sing it in Boston say in the park think it was the 4th of July people laughing people singing a man selling ice cream singing Italian songs and I've been waiting such a long time. I'm like, waiting for what? For Saturday? It's like, is he meeting his dealer? I just never understood it. It's like, well, you know, the fucking time flies by. And then the, the, the second verse, I always thought it was something about a fog. It's a different word. I don't know what the fuck it is. I looked it up yesterday. I forget what it is. But I thought he was singing the word fog, and I thought he was like, you know... Now his life was going by him. Because there's something about Chicago, like even their happier songs, you know, when Terry Kath was still in the band, um, there was like a melancholy to him. Like the shit always felt like, uh, I don't know what it was. It felt like heavy, like it isn't like a light. I'm trying to think of their other songs or whatever. But there was just something about it. You know, the horns would come in and all of that type of shit. And it just always kind of made you... Oh, speaking of that, like horns and all of that and like sort of minor chords and shit. My daughter is ridiculously into Charlie Brown. And I can tell you this, like, there is no fucking way. It's just because it's old. Like, what the fuck happens to that? Dude, I saw one the other day. This fucking kid, it's Valentine's Day. And he goes to school with a, I can never say this word, attache, 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 even fucking briefcase, right? Because he's anticipating he's going to get all these Valentines. Now, I don't know why he's doing this because nothing in his life has ever worked out. Like this kid is a sad sacks, sad sack, right? He's on the Mount Rushmore sad sack. So the poor bastard shows up with this, I don't know, spoiler alert, right? He doesn't get any fucking Valentines. And he keeps checking in with the, the, the kid who plays piano. He could probably take a master class from Schroeder, right? He keeps checking in with him. He's like, no, Charlie, I'll let you know. You know, no one's written you yet. And he's fucking sitting there. Expecting the world to show him love when I, I just never see it. People always yelling at him, calling him a blockhead. He doesn't really have, like, they're not your friends. Like, I sit there and I fucking watch him. I'm like, Charlie, these guys are not your friends. You got to fucking punch one of these kids in the face and get a little respect. 
you little big-headed cunt, right? But he never does it. So the fucking little kid, he never gets a Valentine. I really felt bad for him. And he goes home, and at the last second, he gets to his mailbox, and he looks in, like maybe there's going to be one. Now, if this was a modern-day Pixar movie, he would look in, and there would be one. But this wasn't. This shit was made when we were fucking fighting in Vietnam, you know? <clears throat> They'd cured polio only like 10 years ago. People fucking, you know, I think life was harder. I don't know what the deal was. He fucking opens the mailbox. There's no Valentine in there. He gets pissed. He slams his fucking briefcase down on the mailbox and then goes to kick the post and he hurts his foot. Somehow they brought it around where he was sort of happy towards the end. But, like, when it was Valentine's Day and he's going to school and he had that fucking briefcase and you just know what's going to happen. But you still have the hope, just like he does. Like, when he goes to kick the football every time, you're like, well, maybe, like, you know, maybe he'll get one. He won't get any. And then in the end, maybe he'll get one. And it's like, nope, nope, he doesn't get shit. And we're going to take you slowly and painfully through this whole fucking journey. Um, it's funny because my, my daughter doesn't like really intense scenes in movies or anything like that. Even in like these Pixar movies. Especially if anybody dies or anything. Whatever the fuck, you know, that Lion King thing. Like she just doesn't like it and she just tells me to shut it off. But for some reason she can sit through the unbelievable depressing episodes of Charlie Brown. I will tell you, and I will go to my grave saying this, one of the great fucking scenes in animation history, though, is when Sally yells at fucking Linus for ruining her Halloween because she didn't go out and get any candy. Instead, she sat in the pumpkin patch waiting for the fucking... the great pumpkin. And she was waiting such a long time for the great pumpkin... Um, and then she just lets Linus have it. You fucking... She was, she was calling him a blockhead, but she was like basically, you fucking asshole. Could have been going out there getting candy and you went in and, you know, dragged me out to this bullshit and I fucking believed you and there was no goddamn great pumpkin and now everybody's going to laugh at me. And you know what? To Linus's credit, he just he sat there and took it. He knew he was wrong. There's a lot of hair issues on that fucking show. You know? Massive amounts of fucking alopecia. I mean, Charlie Brown looks like he went through, like, chemo. Um, I mean, Jesus, quick, you know, how, can, I, can you just give him one fucking Valentine? I'm sorry. Anyway, that is the uh, podcast. I'm on my way out to Wilkes Bear um, to do some shows, and then I'm going up to... Uh, I'm doing a show out in a field in upstate New York where I, I think it's the same place where they had uh, Woodstock. Dean Del Rey's opening up for me. That's what he said. And then I end it in uh, New Jersey at this amphitheater that I played back in 05 or 06 on the uh, Opie and Anthony uh, traveling virus tour. Now that doesn't seem too long ago, but that was like, that was like 16 years ago. We get it, Bill. You're old. Jesus Christ. All right. Okay, so that's the podcast. Uh, we got some interlude music here, man. And then we're going to play a bonus episode of a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from a Thursday afternoon 
a few years ago. All right, have a great weekend, you cunts, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you on Monday. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, June 16th, 2014. How the hell are you? How you doing? You know, are you enjoying the fucking summer? When does this summer start officially? I know it's June 20-something, I'll tell you, but the, well, that global warming is kind of hard to tell. Um, I got to watch the volume this week, okay? I have to keep it low fucking key because uh, I'm actually recording... Um, Sunday, June 15th, I'm in uh, Salt Lake City. How come I didn't pronounce that? Salt Lake City. I'm in a hotel room here, and i got to keep my uh, my voice down because I don't want to offend, you know, whatever Mormon is next door in the ho- that hotel room, right, with his fucking 22 wives or whatever the hell they do. You know, you know it's funny? When you come out here to Utah, you think what you're going to see is you're going to see a bunch of Mormons. Right, walking around dressed like they're on Little House in the Prairie, and you know, one guy with like you know, four wives, five wives. And uh, I don't know how many times I've been out to Utah, but it finally dawned on me that if you have five wives, okay, and you know, each one of them wants to have like two kids, the average woman wants a couple of kids, right? I'd like a boy and a girl, you know, one of each, you know, looking at you like you possess that sort of like trick shot sperm. Okay, like are you playing a game of horse? <laughs> All right, you got to make the shot from over here and over here. One of each. Then you move on to the next round. So that right there, if you have five wives, one of each, right? If you're going to have kids, once a boy and a girl, you're looking at 10 kids. So you're going to have 10 kids, five wives. I mean, how many bedroom houses are you going to have to buy? Basically, what I'm saying is the reason why I've never run into one of these people with all the wives is there's no way they can afford to live in the city. You know, you'd have to buy, you'd have to rent out a whole floor of a fucking condom uh, skyscraper there, condominium, uh, co-op, if you will. So that's what it is. That's where they are, man. They're 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 over the fucking hill. They're over the hill. So I guess I'm never gonna find them. So you're probably saying, well, Bill, what what do you run into when you go to Salt Lake City? Uh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Bit of a bit of a scary landing here. Um. The city itself seems to be surrounded on at least three sides by a mountain, you know, like the old Denver Broncos horseshoe shaped stadium where, you know, when they'd go to kick the field goal, you could see the parking lot on one side. And then all you saw was a bunch of fucking orange painted maniacs on the other. Um, by the way, I never understood why they did that. The, the horseshoe shaped stadium. 
It was, I just always struck me as such a half-assed job where it's just like, why don't you just finish the fucking thing, you know, or just keep bleaches on both sides. Have it be symmetrical, you know. I actually know somebody who builds a lot of shit and he sucks. At, he's good at it, but he sucks at it. He, he wants to do everything himself and protecting the identity of this person. But the dude redid his fucking kitchen and I walked in and I'm, I'm eyeballing the cabinets. And you can see clearly one of the cabinets is like an eighth of an inch or a half an inch. Like it just looks weird. You can tell that it's longer than the other one. And the guy's like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't like symmetry. I'm not. I'm not into symmetry. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head. I'm not. I'm, who's not into symmetry? I can see in landscaping it doesn't look natural if you, everything's symmetrical on both sides. I get that. But when you're building something, to say you're not into symmetry isn't for all my construction fans out. People in the, the con- construction arts isn't what that person's really saying that they don't like to measure or. They don't like to go back and fix their mistakes, so they just sort of plow ahead. That's basically what this fucking thing looked like. And all I'm thinking is, okay, if that's what the cabinets look like, what does the electrical look like? You know? And I immediately wanted to get the fuck out of there. But anyways, let me back up for a second here. Um, so when you come out here to Utah, uh, yeah, so they got, they got like, I think it feels like it's, it's surrounded on at least two sides. All right? Like that Winnipeg football stadium that I saw that I guess they're, they're going to tear down. They had bleachers on both sides, nothing in either end zone. And it just looked cold as fuck if you went to the game. Um, so it's, you know, and especially this time of year when it's, uh, when it starts to get hot out. I don't know why, but like it tosses you around a little bit as, you, as you're coming for a landing. And uh, so I'm on the plane. And this fucking lady in front of me might have had the worst tattoo I've ever seen in my life. And it went all the way across her back. It was like this, it was green ink. And it was some sort of tree or some sort of something. It's like, Jesus Christ, we get it. You know, you're fu- you like nature. I, I don't understand. It's like, I like the Bruins, but I would never get a giant bee put on my back. Why'd you do that? It stands for Bill and the Bruins. <laughs> no, it stands for fucking moron. Um, it was just a horribly, horribly like, uh, you know, my parents left when I was four years old, just drawn like, you know, my buddy who sells meth, you know, did this tattoo. And I've noticed that there are uh, a lot of tattoos out here, a lot of bad fucking tattoos. So if you're if you're on that show... What is it? Fix my tattoo, tattoo mistakes, whatever the hell it is. That one where you guys always draw all the flowers over your sending me Sam fucking Daffy Duck in the ass, whatever somebody decided to get on their butt cheek, right? You come to Utah. I mean, I, I don't even. I don't even know what, why would you just further fuck the thing up. I guess the the guy guess because you're trying to draw something over it that that makes it creative. I mean, I think that they should just paratroop a bunch of people in here who were in tattoo removal, you know? And uh, just have, like, you know, when they drop the tanks in with that flat piece of wood underneath it, just have the tattoo removal machine. And you set up a tent like MASH, and you just have all these people come in with their awful green tattoo tattoos, and you just remove them. And then you immediately take them into another tent 
and you start showing them, uh, you know, just video footage of what a good tattoo looks like, you know, or maybe some art, or maybe you give them a plane ticket and you, and you get them to travel outside of, uh, outside of these fucking trees so they stop drawing them on their bodies. Am I being too judgmental? Am I? Well, maybe I am. I don't know. You know what this is? This really has nothing to do with the fucking two women that I saw in Utah with those tattoos. So I judge all fucking, you know, whatever, half a million women that live in the greater Salt Lake City area. It has really nothing to do with it. It has to do with the fact that I am taping a special, a stand-up special, uh, this Friday night in Atlanta at the Tabernacle Theater, uh, two shows. And um, I'm getting fucking antsy, so I'm lashing out at people now. So I apologize to... You know, the 99.5% of Salt Lake women that don't have fucking green tattoos. (laughs) I'm also being a cunt because I haven't boozed since the day I came back from France, which was uh, April 18th. Uh, Coming up on fucking 60 days or whatever. I'm working out. I look good, but I, I, you know, as far as, you know, Best I can do at 46. Okay, let's not get crazy here. Okay, <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I just want to tape this fucking thing. So um, I got two more shows tonight here in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys, which I got to tell you, man, underrated, underrated for the week. Wise Guys Comedy Club in Salt Lake City, Utah. And from what I heard, Joe Rogan's coming out here in the next week or so. Um, I guess David Tell was out here and went on Rogan's podcast. And uh, Joe's great podcast, and you know, and Dave was raving about this place. So Joe called up the next day, and I guess he got a booking out here. And uh, so I don't know, man. I, I got it. I can see why David Tell was raving about it. It's just, it's perfect. If I can say, it's a fucking perfect comedy club. The, the ceiling is at the exact right height. The way people are seated around you, the way they drop the checks, the whole fucking thing is just great. Um, if I, if I was actually going to design a comedy club, did you just ask that from your fucking, uh, elliptical machine? You know what I would do? I would do everything that they got there at, uh, at, uh, at, at wise guys. The only, my, the only thing I would change, I would have, I would design it where the green room is right off the stage. That way, if it was a mean crowd and maybe you only, you almost got into a physical confrontation with somebody, you have the option of not having to walk the gauntlet and go through the crowd. Um, you can just step right off stage and you're right into the green room. Much like the punchline in Atlanta, which is great. Although you can't lock the door as far as I know. <laughs> but it's still nice. There used to be a comedy club in New York City called Comics. And that thing was a fucking fortress. I guess you could run through the curtain. But even then, there was a door down the end of the hall. You you walked off stage and... You step down and immediately you were in a hallway. If you went to the right, you could go out and say hello to the crowd. Or you could go to the left and you could disappear into the green room. And, uh, you know, this week I haven't been coming out after shows just because, you know, I got my special coming up. And, uh, you know, you go out and you shake a bunch of hands. God knows people did. God knows what is all over their fucking hands after you shake a bunch of hands. And uh, I, I can't be getting sick this week. So, um, so whatever. That's what I've been doing. This week, been eating as perfect as I know how to eat, you know, as I know. That's the key thing is I know how to eat because I've only partially read up on nutrition. But uh, I'm trying to go veggie the whole time I'm out here. And, 
eat a bunch of beans and all that fucking shit. I got to tell you, here's my pet peeve about veggie restaurants. Two things. One, um, when you look up vegetarian restaurants, the amount of times that it comes up with like, I guess, I don't, actually explain this to me. Why do I always get like Chinese restaurants and Thai food restaurants? And to me, it's like, okay, I get that there's no meat in that dish, but this salt is through the fucking roof. And don't get me wrong. I love Thai food. All right? Chinese food, I don't know. I don't know. All right? Chinese food's a little shady in my book. Um, But, like, you know, I like eating. That's that shit you eat, you know, when you're just like, let's just fucking, who gives a fuck? Let's eat this food, you know? It's like when I on, when I asked the, the fucking Siri there, robot lady there, my phone, you know, and I asked, I said, vegetarian restaurant, Salt Lake City. Like all of a sudden, all these, these Chinese and Thai restaurants come up and it's just like, can't you tell I'm trying to eat healthy? I don't need a bunch of fucking noodles with salt poured all over it. That's not what the fuck I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get down to my fighting weight here. So anyway, so then I, I, I had to go in like vegan restaurants that type of thing. Here's my pet peeve with vegan fucking restaurants. The goddamn things have weird hours. All right? I, there's two of them within walking distance of my hotel, and neither one of them is open. Sunday. Neither one of them's open. Every fucking burger joint from here to fucking Colorado Springs is open. It's goddamn vegan restaurants. How come they're not open on Sundays? And you know what a lot of carnivores would say? It's because they're too weak. They, they can't. They need to rest on Sunday. Can't fucking can't. Yeah, yeah. Nothing gives you less energy, less energy than eating in a healthy way. <laughs> That's, I am so fucking sick of that shit and people talking about electric cars. Like, oh, can they go up a hill? You know? That's why I'm really I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to pull away from the whole conspiracy theory thing. I think the whole thing just works itself, you know, because there's just enough people out there that don't don't know shit. Myself included, Jesus Christ, I'm top ten on that list, and you just it's just it's uh yeah it's really not like a group of people living under a mountain. It's just a bunch of mouth breathing morons, or not even people who just don't, don't fucking know anything. You know, like I've been talking about how I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. And people keep saying, you don't want to do that, man. Those things are falling out of the sky all the time. (laughs) Really? All the time? And everybody's okay with that? Just every other, "Ah, Mary can't come into work today. Yeah, helicopter fell out of the fucking sky. It happened to her again? I mean, don't get me wrong. It fucking happens. It happened in Scotland this past year. One fell on a bar. Horrible story. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, shit happens. Okay? Shit happens. Shit happens on the ground, too. You know, how many times a day do people step on a rake? Right? Does that mean you leave the leaves out there and burn up your grass? I don't think it does. Dude, if the fucking engine cuts out, you know, that's it. You're fucking done. You just drop like a stone. No, you don't. You don't. Jesus fucking Christ. Look it up. Just look it up, all right? You fucking auto-rotate. <laughs> like I'm saying that like I know how to do it. Um, although I have watched people on YouTube do it. It's pretty, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty fucking impressive. But whatever. 
whatever. I'm, look, my, I'm, my brain is all over the fucking place this week. I can't stand the wait the week of to do my special. All right. I am, I am ready right now. I'm actually sitting here in my boxes and my t-shirt and I am ready to throw in some slacks and a shirt. And if I walked out my hotel room and they just passed me a mic and I began my special, nothing would make me happier. All right. This is, it's like, I, it's like, I just want to get out there and fucking do this goddamn thing because the second it's over, oh, fucking red face is on vacation. I'm on vacation, everybody, for the first time ever. I'm taking, I'm taking the, basically taking the summer off. I got a couple of gigs here or there, but I'm, I'm dialing it back, you know. And by taking off the summer, I mean I'm not going to be jumping on a bunch of airplanes. I'm going to be, of course, in the comedy clubs out here in L.A. trying to build up my next hour before my next special comes out. But I'm going to be sleeping in my own bed. I'm going to be getting drunk in my own house. I'm going to be putting on all the weight that I took off from my special. In uh, neighborhood restaurants, I'm going to have a great time. Become an old Billy Fat Face again. You know, right now I'm Malaria William. <laughs> now, don't get too skinny. I love when people say that to you. Don't get too fucking skinny. It's like if I lifted up my shirt and you saw the horror show that's underneath it, you're just used to me being really out of shape. Now I'm only kind of out of shape. All right. But believe me, Calvin Klein will not be calling me ever. You understand? Which really disappoints me because I think it's about time they did a spread uh, of a 46-year-old redheaded male, shirtless, okay? So if they're listening, all right, I'm throwing my fucking hat in the ring. <laughs> How bad? How bad would this stock plunge? Yeah, oh, You never know because I used to watch... Uh, watch that top model show with Nia, you know? I mean, I got to find a middle ground. So it's like, if you're going to watch some reality, at least I can look at some, you know, beautiful nine foot women walking around with a look on their face, like, you know, somebody peed in their okra. Right. And, uh, so many of them, they, they, they were beautiful bodies, but their faces, they were fucking weird. So I finally said to Nia, I'm like, you know, what the fuck is what, why, what is with her fucking, uh, she looks like she put on an astronaut helmet that was too small, you know, and she left it on for like 24 hours and they just, just popped the thing off right now, you know, and she's just like, well, you know, Tyra likes, she likes them, she thinks they should be a little weird looking. And I was just like, what, what, why is that? So she doesn't feel intimidated, you know? What's her problem? She's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Was she trying to help other people because people used to make fun of her forehead? You know? I love that people made fun of Tyra Banks' forehead, you know? Like if she came walking up to you, right? Doing that thing where one leg's stepping over the other leg for some dumb reason. I, you know something? I have to be honest with you. No matter how good a woman looked, if they came walking up to me like that, doing the stepping over each other foot, each, you know, every other foot, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say, right over left, left over right, with that look on their face, with their hair blowing, um, that's supposed to look so amazing. If that actually happened to me in, in real life, I would be sitting there looking at them. Do you guys ever see Young Frankenstein? You know, you remember when Gene Wilder's going, it's alive, it is alive, you know? 
And Frankenstein's just kind of sitting there looking at him like, the fuck is wrong with this dude? That, that's how I would be looking at him. I'm not saying, you know, that they're not beautiful, but whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking making too many left turns here. I don't even know how I got to this. I was talking about weird looking. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm weird looking. I'm a weird looking fucker. Who knows? Maybe it could happen. I don't know. That, does that work? Yeah, I guess it does work. I was thinking maybe it wouldn't work. Are women into weird-looking guys? And not from my experience. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I was kidding. Who? You know, what are they into? They want, they want security. And that translates to money because that's how the fucking world works. So are they really whores? I don't know. When we return. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, pause here now. I actually don't have my advertising, so I'm going to have to record it later and drop it in. So right now I have to pause so I have a place to fucking edit this into. All right. Legal Zoom, everyone. America was built by innovators and dreamers. People like Thomas Edison and Henry Ford laid the foundation for our country. These days, it's the inventors and the entrepreneurs all around us, like you, that keep our country running by fueling the job market and economy. This month, LegalZoom celebrates innovation by helping you launch your dream. Apply for a patent to secure your, inter- your invention. Register your trademark to protect your products and services. Incorporate or form an LLC and launch your business. Visit LegalZoom.com and use discount code BURR, B-U-R-R. They'll provide the personal attention you need and help take care of all the details. They've helped over a million businesses get started right. And... They received an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Celebrate innovation with LegalZoom today and get a special price on trademark, copyright, or provisional patent applications by using the discount code BURR, B-U-R-R, at checkout. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help, but they are not a law firm. LegalZoom.com, discount code BURR. And lastly but not leastly, Hulu Plus, everyone. You've probably tried Hulu on your computer Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch current seasons, uh, episodes of your favorite shows like Modern Family, The Daily Show, and Scandal. And watch every episode of shows like Nashville, Lost, and Doctor Who. Uh, You get ad-free movies and kid shows, too. Now, more than ever, there's so much to watch. Take total control with Hulu Plus to stream these shows and thousands more as much as you want, whenever you want. Hulu Plus works on your computer, your smartphone, TV, Roku, Apple TV. I'm sorry, your smart TV, not smartphone. Smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your phone or iPad. Well, I guess they can then, huh? While on the train, at work, at the dentist, or in the bathroom. You can even block off a day to binge. You also get to, uh, to access originals that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out the new show, Deadbeat, a comedy about a pot-smoking guy who talks to ghosts. You can binge on all 10 episodes starting April 9th. For only $7.99 a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere. That's like a quarter a day. Come on, folks. Sign up now, right now. Sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Bill or click the banner on my website and get two weeks full access completely free. That's a whole extra week. More with this special offer when you sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Oh, wait, I've got the ending. So get with it and start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. I'm the worst. Okay, and we are back. 
We are back. I hope you enjoyed that read. I hope I did a good job on it. All right? Because I'm reading that sometime in the future. Um, so anyways, I've been, uh, you know, with my fucking ADD, I've been trying to learn how to, you know, just work out more efficiently or fucking whatever. So I've been eating right and that type of thing. And I've gotten into all these, uh, you know, I like climbing the rope and doing pull-ups and shit. And I stumbled onto a couple of uh, YouTube videos. Of course, I don't have them up here, but I'll definitely send the links to, uh, to Andrew to have them up here. A um, couple of these home home gyms you could have in the garage and um and and one this one it's actually part one it's a three-part series where this guy teaches you how to do a muscle up which is basically if you ever saw somebody do the pull-up and they basically go past their chin up to their chest and then basically get to the point where they do a dip at the top of the bar the 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 other half of a dip because you don't have to go down because you start i just explained that in a completely confusing way you know what i mean you shoot past the bar and then you push yourself up with your arms. So your arms are then straight at the top of the bar. And I remember the first time I tried to do that. If you could have listened to the, the, the do you remember when, uh, what's his face? William Wallace was getting his entrails yanked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you remember that noise Mel Gibson was making? If you could fucking take that audio and then turn it up to, uh, you know, when they do the Chipmunks holiday uh, records, that's what I sounded like when I tried to do one. Aside from the fact that I completely lacked the strength, uh, my technique, I didn't understand that very little of it is your arms going past that uh, that bar. And I'm not even going to try to begin to exp- – well, I will. My head is supposed to be funny on this one, and I try to explain it. It's basically you're coming up when you're when you're pulling yourself up. You sort of explode up, and you got your your legs are a little bit in front of you. And then right as you you got your chest up to the bar, you do a quick sit up in the air. I swear to God, which causes your legs to swing down like uh, down past you, like a fucking pendulum, and you actually roll up onto the bar. So it's really. It's your abs sitting up and then your legs swinging up from underneath you that gets you up over the bar. And then your arms are in positions, position to, uh, to then push yourself up. And it's like, oh, that's why I was fucking up. So I figure, I figure if I just, you know, train doing that for two months over the summer, trying to get my technique down, right? And then I somehow, uh, you know, jump into the cocoon pool. I had to be able to do it by 2016. What do you think? Maybe do the human flag. One of those fucking things. I'm just fascinated with people that have that kind of strength. And I found, uh, I don't know, you just click on that. Then the other things that they suggest, I clicked on like five others. And all of a sudden I was watching these guys climbing what was considered the hardest rock face to climb in the world. And these fucking guys, I mean, I bitch about doing pull-ups, you know. I got my whole hand around there. These guys got like that, you know, that, that little joint at the top of your finger. They're hanging on like that. And they jump up to a thing. And they're like four of their fingers, that last little joint, are grabbing some little crevice. And I'm telling you, they reach up and they grab it. And you and the people on the ground hear them all the way on the ground. You hear them, the guy jumps up and he grabs and you just hear. They do that the whole fucking way up. They got a grip called the pinch grip. 
just imagine holding a dictionary, a really thick book, right? And you just sort of would hold it straight down, you know, on either side of it. You're just holding it by the binding. Yeah, like that kind of a grip, like the lobster grip. And the, the thing is like it's, uh, it's, it's faced up and down. What's the fucking word? perpendicular i have no idea it looks like a nose coming out of the fucking cliff and they jump up and grab one of those and then just pinch with their fucking hand (laughs) and then they got one little toe and a crack below it just holding that i mean watching these guys do this shit i swear to god it's like these guys i mean I, i i don't know like if you ever had them in prison it's like how long could you keep them in prison the second you, you got him in the yard, you'd have to have a fucking scope on him at all times because they would just fucking run over to the corner where, where one wall meets the other wall and he's a little 90-degree turn. They just kind of all the way up the top of it. Next thing you know, that thing be right in your face like that fucking grizzly bear that ran up that tree. Have you seen that YouTube video? This guy's sitting. He's in a fucking tree with like a bow and arrow trained on this black bear and the black bear looks up and sees him and within two seconds it runs up the tree next to him and is above him and they're sitting there like going dude what the fuck holy shit what the fuck they're like freaking out and um i I don't know why i was rooting for the bear i wanted the bear to maul that guy i just think it's fucked up to go out and shoot a bear or an elk or a moose You know what I mean? Can we just keep it with cows and chickens? Isn't that enough? Fish. You know, all the fish that get fucking killed. I swear to God. I swear to God. The more, the more I, I, I I don't know. I look into that shit. It's, it's just brutal. You know, where I go hiking in uh, California, when I hike, and by the way, I do wear short shorts with aerobic socks when I hike. There's a fucking mountain lion. There's a mountain lion in the canyon. And that's been freaking me out. And they have these cameras set up all over the place. And over the last couple of years, they're taking pictures of them. They just took a picture of the thing recently. And I swear to God, it looks horrible. And what they're speculating it happened happened is the thing is eating coyotes that eat rats, that eat the rat poison that people put out, you know, to kill the rats. And if you saw this thing, you know, I am terrified of getting mauled. Okay. I'm terrified of the ocean getting eaten by a shark, getting pulled out by the riptide and getting mauled. Any of that fucking shit, any shit that involves me. I just can't imagine when one of those cats is your walking, right? Just reaches out and grabs you. Okay. (laughs) Just. And turns you into like this rag doll. How little fucking control you have. Your ability to fight back. It's like. Dude you're fighting fucking Edward Scissorhands. But fast. You know. Or like Freddy Krueger on all feet. Just that alone. You ever get scratched by a fucking house cat? It fucking kills. Can you imagine a goddamn mountain lion? Just grabbing you. And pulling you over. To its fucking mouth. Oh, God, feeling that breath on your neck. Jesus Christ. I'm fucking terrified of those things. That's just a mountain lion, which is like a house cat compared to a tiger, right? So, but I saw the thing's face. It's just like, that's that's terrible. It's fucking terrible, man. So, 
I don't know. I'm not trying to get all PETA on you here. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm all over the fucking place this week. Um, so anyways, I'm gonna, I really want to get you guys those clips because uh, there's three clips I want to show you that have really inspired me to try and get back and, you know, I don't know. You just stop walking around with this 15 pounds of pizza and beer weight. I'm just fucking sick of it. You know, I've knocked off like half of it. I just don't understand how far down I got to go to have a flat stomach again. You can't even do it. Once you, be, once you get that fucking belly, it's just over. And you try to fucking lose the weight and you just lose muscle. And no matter how you eat a whole goddamn chicken, somehow your fucking arms are going to shrink and your belly's just going to be sitting there laughing at you, jiggling. You know, you know, it's funny. I actually got a fucking email this week and uh, I know you guys are thinking, Jesus, Bill, you have made a major body issues. Yeah, I do. Well, you know what? Why don't you get a, get, get, get on fucking comedy central's premium blend. Why don't you do that? And then get yourself a fucking Twitter account. Let me tell you what kind of body images you're going to have. People aren't exactly nice to you. Um, (laughs) they start off nice. Hey, really funny shit. But what's the deal with, and then you end up getting like, oh, fuck, I never even noticed that about myself. So anyways, here's somebody says, uh, fat shaming. Bonjour, Guillaume. French for William. All right. I actually knew that one. Je m'appelle Guillaume. Uh, Raymond. Uh, I am a longtime listener, and I love the show. I am a big guy, and fat shaming works. It really works. Last September, I was sneaking a pizza in my car while listening to the show, and you had another rant about fat people, and you basically described exactly what I was doing like you, you were somehow watching me eat. It made me laugh uncontrollably, and I decided to get serious about losing weight. I quit boozing, which is something your show inspired me to do, and ate healthy and exercised twice a day. Uh, I was off the bottle from September until February, and spending the holidays sober was quite a challenge, but I got my weight down from 310 to 254. Dude, congratulations. What is that? Let's do the math here for this guy. 61 pounds times five miles of capillaries for every fucking pound. That's 305 miles of less of capillaries that your heart has to beat every time. Isn't that wonderful? We'll be right back on Dr. Oz. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I was pleased with my progress, and I started working out less and resumed drinking till mid-April when I weighed myself at 273. So I gained 19 pounds in about two and a half months of drinking. I was shocked. Therefore, I am off alcohol again and, and, and weigh 243 now. Holy shit. He says, my goal is to weigh 210 before I drink again. Please continue to make criticizing. uh, Oh, please continue to criticize the fat asses because you do it in a hilarious yet respectful way. Thank you for your help. Ah, dude, that's great, man. You know, what's great about what you did was a lot of people, if they went from 310 to 254 and they started, you know, going back to their bad habits, you then, you know, gain it all back and then some. I'm surprised you weren't 320 something. So the fact that you actually uh, got back on the scale at 273 shows uh, you got a lot of willpower. Then you dropped another 30 after that. So what are you down altogether? 243, that's 57, and 10 is 67 pounds, dude. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Uh, well, if you go back to boozing, what I would suggest is. Uh, Drinking whiskey or scotch neat, you know, or drinking vodka on the rocks or something. Just, it's kind of, that's like the vaporizer of boozing. You just get right to it. Like all those chick drinks, 
Um, not only you, do you, you, you're sucking down, you get a brutal fucking hangover, first of all. And then it's just all this extra bullshit, you know, rum and Cokes. You know, you have five rum and Cokes. Would you ever sit down and drink five Cokes? I can barely finish one. After a while, it's just I can feel my stomach expanding. <laughs> like I'm in some hot dog eating contest. Um, so, yeah, I would, go, I would go back to that. And then um, I would somehow limit... Uh, your intake of it, which I got to be honest with you, I don't know how to do because uh, speaking of boozing, okay, there's a segue for you. Um, so here's the deal. I basically said I wasn't going to drink until my special. So I, I'll be done with my special Friday night. And then I was kind of thinking like, well, you know what? I want to close out June, you know, because I didn't drink for the entire month of February or May. And if I get June, then I'm kind of balanced out. Right, I drank January, March, and April. Didn't drink February, May, and June. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm fucking got the yin and yang of being a drunk douche and actually being sober. But uh, the thing is, is the last weekend in June, I'm at uh, I'm at the Mirage in Las Vegas, and it's not going to be hard not to drink, you know, because I don't I don't gamble, you know what I mean. I'm too fucking old to go hang out and do that type of shit. If I'm going to booze, I would just go back and drink by myself in the hotel room, which is I'm not going to do. However, excuse me, I had to take a drink of water there. Um, coincidentally, and I don't know how this happened, the All In Tour starring Joe Bartnick, Jason Lawhead, and Paul, don't say I'm from New Jersey, Verzi is going to be there on the Sunday night. I'm there Friday and Saturday. I can't fucking believe it. They're going to be right across the street. You know? So what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What? What? I'm not going to hang out with them? And you know what's funny? That's going to be like June 28th or 29th. And uh, what, what am I going to do? You know? I got to do it. So I'm going to go over there. And uh, I'll tell you what's funny is I've been dying for some Miller High Life. There's something about the bottle. I don't even think the beer tastes that good. It's just the best bottle ever. You know, looks like a fucking lady. (laughs) And there's a part of me to relate to you, sir. I don't want to go back. I miss it, man. I fucking love drinking, but uh, I like how I feel not drinking. But um, I don't know, man. As I said to Verzi before. Whatever the fuck I said about the devil in me, the devil is uh, devil is rearing his fucking ugly head. I can't remember what the fuck I said to him, but I I, I feel it like I I need to. What I'm hoping to do is just get absolutely plastered with them, and then immediately go back to uh, sort of uh, not being an idiot, and then actually doing these workouts that I was telling you guys about. And you might think I'm obsessed with this stuff, but I am. I mean, who wants to be a fat fuck? Nobody. You know, don't you want to be in good? Of course you do. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't need to get into this shit with you guys. You know, you're a bunch of adults. Um, yeah, I fat shame myself all the fucking time and it fucking works. All right. Well, let's get beyond this. Let's, let's move in a different direction. Let's read another. Uh, wait, before we do that, I haven't even talked about anything. Let's how about, how about let's talk a little bit of hockey. All right. First and foremost, all crown the LA Kings. The Kings claim the crown. Second time in three years. You know what's weird is I thought the Blackhawks were going to win it, and they were going to say that they were going to be a dynasty. 
okay, if they won three, because that would have been 2010, 2014, 13, 2014. So they would have won one, they would have won three in five years. And they're saying how competitive with all the free agent signings and all that bullshit. Um, three in five years would now be considered a dynasty. So guess who's in line for next year? The unthinkable, the L.A. Kings. A couple of years ago, you know, well, actually more than that, four fucking years ago, the L.A. King fan base was thinking, are we ever going to fucking win one? I bet if you talk to their fan base, they were probably going like, dude, I just want to see them win it once. They just win it once in my lifetime. I am going to be happy, yada, 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 yada. And here we are, four or five short years later. If they win it again next year, that would be, let's see, they would want it in uh, 2012, then Chicago, 14, 15. They would have won three in four years where they gave the Patriots a dynasty. So that would definitely be considered a dynasty. Isn't that unbelievable? What a fucking team, you know? And I also got to say hats off to the Rangers because everybody thought, like, the East was a lot weaker than they were. And despite the fact that they lost in five games, I mean, three of those Ranger losses were in overtime. Um, I definitely think the Kings were clearly the better team. But uh, just being, a you know, a Bruins fan, I was happy that the East, you know, we didn't get absolutely shelled. The only tough game it was, if you're a Ranger fan, to watch was that game... Uh, Game three when they lost three to nothing, where they really just got shut down. And uh, game four I missed because I was working. Uh, I think that's when the Rangers went two to one. But whatever, man. It was great. It was a great season. And uh, Jim Rome actually tweeted something where he said, uh, you know, once something to the – I retweeted it, something to the effect that once again the NHL playoffs – just show, you know, just saying that basically that they were the best playoffs. Now, I'm not going to be someone who says that. I mean, I think they are, but I understand if it's not your sport. But I'm telling you, it's fucking insane. Um, but, however, I have also been watching the NBA finals. And uh, I actually watched both conference finals, and I've been enjoying that too. And uh, how about them Spurs looking to close it out? I mean, you guys know whether they did or not. Um, I won't know because uh, it's the fucking afternoon here. By the time I post this, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? All I know is uh, it's been uh, amazing to watch the Spurs. Fucking great team. How about that Leonard kid? Jesus Christ. You know what I like about him? The one clip that I saw, he shows up to the arena looking like he's going to go play basketball. As opposed to everybody else who, for some reason, show they show up like they're, they're going to fucking foreclose on somebody's house. <laughs> Why do they wear the suits? It's like if you're going to wear the suits, then you ought to do it like, uh, you know, Walt Frazier, you know? And I'm using that reference because I actually uh, – I'm going to get a little Hollywood on you, but I'm doing it because uh, I'm promoting a friend of mine's uh, um, new documentary. Uh, Michael Rappaport was nice enough to invite me to the premiere of a uh, screening. of He's got a new documentary out. Um, called When the Garden Was Eden, based on uh, a book by the same name that was about the 70 um, and 73 New York Knicks championship teams and basically the building of that championship team. And um, there's a lot of overlap when I actually, you know, just knowing some of the Rangers' history, the same thing where um, the Knicks just weren't even respected and that same thing, just like the New York Rangers, like right around when playoff time came around, Madison Square Garden also brought the circus in. And the circus would sell more tickets than the Rangers or the Knicks would. 
And uh, so they would have to play. Like one year, the, the New York Rangers, I forget who the fuck they were playing. I think they were playing the Detroit Pist- Pistons, the tr- Detroit Red Wings, jumping sports here, the uh, Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup final. And the circus was in town in Madison Square Garden, wouldn't let them play their home games in Madison Square Garden. So they actually had them play, I believe it was in Maple Leaf Gardens where the Toronto Maple Leafs played. They considered that somewhat of a home game because Leaf fans hated uh, Wings fans, and they thought that Leaf fans maybe would show up and root for the Rangers. Um, there's a lot of that type of stuff. Um, you really should see it if you get a chance. I don't know. I don't have a premiere date yet, but I'm going to try to get him on the podcast again. Longtime listeners remember his last, his only visit to the podcast where he trashed me for the Giants beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And all New York fans, of course, enjoyed, enjoyed that. Go fuck yourselves. But um, it's, it's a fucking amazing documentary. And one of the funniest things about it, without giving anything away, is listening to Rappaport trying to bait these guys into trashing Boston and their fans. It's fucking hilarious. Um, so definitely check it out. It's going to be on. He did it. It was one of those ESPN, I don't know, 30 for 30, 60 for 60. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's, it's amazing. It's called When the Garden Was Eaten. All right. Is that my, my whoring out enough things this week? You know, how about this? I got another one for you that I actually watched, downloaded legally, paid my $5. I watched David Spade's new stand-up special called My Fake Problems. Um, Definitely check that one out. What I loved about it was I actually, you know, it's still his, you know, classic David Spade, but I felt it was really personal stuff. Um like, I, it's easily his best special he's ever put out. So if you're a fan of his or a new fan or a curious man, it was definitely worth the five bucks. Um, and that, that's one of my bucket list things. I want to see that guy live at some point. But anyways, let's, let's, get, back to the, uh, let's get back to the podcast here. Um, what else? What else have I been doing here? Been watching some World Cup soccer. My fucking TV just went out in the hotel room. So I was watching France. They were up three, three to nothing. Toi. To uh, zero, however the fuck you say zero. And uh, I don't know. I, I get into the World Cup. I think it's fucking awesome. And I do think soccer is a beautiful sport. Uh, I just don't understand why my, my complaint that I've always had with that fucking sport. I don't give a shit about the lack of goals. Shit, I watch hockey. I still understand. I think it's awesome. I just don't understand why every fucking two minutes somebody collapses to the ground like they blew out their acl and all they did was get kicked in the shin and they have a shin guard there now i'm not saying that i wouldn't collapse to the ground but i'm not a professional athlete you watch the fucking ufc those fucking maniacs kick the other fighter with that part of their leg now i know they come in at an angle but it's still their shin now if they can toughen their leg up to do to do that you know i don't understand why these guys can you make the fucking guard go all the way around their legs so we can keep the movement going? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. My idea of watching a sport is not every two minutes I see a man, a grown fucking man in the fetal position with a look on his face like he's going to start crying. And then somebody comes running up to another player, gets right in his face like he's going to punch him. And you're like, oh, great, there's going to be a fight. And then he takes out this yellow card and sticks it up in the air like he's in some Benny Hill sketch. Other than that, I love it. The scarves, the singing, people going absolutely fucking nuts when they score. I enjoy all of that. So I'll continue watching it. And this year is actually great, too, now that they uh, they got it away from those crazy horns, whatever the fucking those things were called. 
Oh, Jesus, what's my, who the fuck's calling me now, huh? Who is this? Oh, Jesus. Hang on. The lovely Nia, everybody. Nia, I'm recording my podcast. Can I call you right back? Okay. Okay, sweetie. All right. Um, anyways, where are we here? 43 minutes in. I could tell by the way she said, okay, that I need to talk to her. She's like, okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, what was I talking? World Cup soccer. So I have no idea who's going to win that. All I know is I think that, you know, I think I've watched enough soccer to tell, to know that, you know, the United States is definitely, without a doubt, going to make the finals this year. If not win the whole fucking thing. Okay. Look, I know they're not going to win it, but I just, I want them to win it so bad because it would piss off the world on two levels. One, everybody fucking hates us. So they're not going to enjoy us actually winning a true world championship where everybody was invited and we were the best. And then secondly, when like 40 people show up to the parade, you know, here in the United States, just to watch everybody having to wait another four years to wait for their team to win it and just see that we won something that we don't even give a fuck about, right? Like some hot chick that gets a fucking, you know, a Bentley for her fucking 16th birthday. Oh, my God, why did you get that color? I guess it's okay. You know, that would be us if we ever won the fucking World Cup. And I want it to happen. I really do. Um, anyways, the same way I wanted my team to draft Michael Sam. And I wanted him to absolutely dominate because on two level, levels it would annoy fans. One, that someone on my team was dominating their team. And then two, all the homophobes would be upset that this gay guy was just wreaking havoc. <laughs> All right. Oh, speaking of soccer, uh, dear Billy World Class. Um, oh, actually, you know, I got to pause here to read, read some more fucking, uh, sorry, guys, to read some more fucking advertising. This is the last little group here. Let me do my little pause. All right. Who's number two in the order? Uh, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. The big razor companies, you know what? They think we're stupid. Oh, yeah. Every year they roll out some ridiculous shaving technology gimmick and expect us to shell out big bucks for it. What are they, up to 17 blades at this point? All lifting and separating like a bra in the 70s? Do you really need a razor with a vibrating handle? Huh? A roller pivot ball, back scratcher, egg timer, laser pointer, corkscrew? Huh? I know I don't. We were shaving just fine before any of that crap. We were. Two blades. That was all you ever needed. Um, you can get it under your nose. They got so many blades, you can't even shave under your nose. Um, and I definitely don't think I need to spend my hard-earned cash on it, people. It's a bunch of junk. If you're sick of being treated like a fool, like a whore, like an idiot, a moron, a sucker, a chump, join the hundreds of thousands of smarter people who join DollarShaveClub.com. Dollar Shave Club... Dot com delivers the best blades and grooming supplies for just a few bucks a month. Their blades are better than the big shave companies for a fraction of the price. You know what? I have sensitive skin, so watch what you say about it when you're around it. And their razors have never given me any problems. Honestly, I have the best shave of my life with their 4X razor. 
you got to try it. I've never used that. Stop putting words in my mouth. I like the double blades you got there, sweetheart. I told my buddy about the Dollar Shave Club. That would be you guys. And he shares a subscription with his wife. No lie. I think it saved their marriage. Dollar Shave Club, why are you writing all this crap? You have a product that sells itself. Quit trying to make me sound more personal. All right? It's personal the way I fuck up the read. Okay? My listeners can get started now at dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. And don't forget, next week is fucking Father's Day. Upgrade Pop Shave. Upgrade is... Wait, upgrade Pop Shave with a Dollar Shave Club gift card. Because he shouldn't have to pay more for his ridiculous shaving gimmicks either. Stop getting ripped off by the big getting ripped off by the big shaving companies. Join dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. Uh, shaveclub.com. What? Oh, they wrote it three times in a row with no punctuation. Dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. Then it says shaveclub.com slash burr. I don't even understand what it is. Dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. That's what it is. B-U-R-R. Okay? This, it's legitimate. We don't need any bells and whistles on this thing. Just join it, okay? Unless you want to keep getting screwed. All right? If you like to be Gillette's prison, bitch, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, God, look at that. Look at that little thing I just opened up. Those are my French words. I stuck with it for two months. Now I don't remember any of them. Okay, and I'm back here. All right. Um, all right. Soccer, dear Billy, world class. Uh, I don't hate on soccer, even though I have a problem with it. There are some great things about the game. Sometimes I wish I played it because it automatically it would mean I'd have great hair and abs, apparently. Uh, what pros and cons would you say there are to the game of soccer? I think I already answered this. I, you know what? I just love how the whole world loves it and we don't love it. And then we have the nerve to sit there criticizing it rather than sitting back going, hey, maybe we're wrong about this. You know, like the whole world's on like the fucking metric system and, and we're, we're not, you know, ah, no, we're going to stick with the uh, the foot in the fucking yards. So, uh. Anyways, let let me hear what your complaints are. Um, Let's see. He says, uh, my biggest complaint, other than the pratfalls and wussy injuries, is that, well, dude, I got to be honest with you. If somebody is running full speed and steps on your your foot with a cleat, I mean, that's got to fucking hurt. I mean, that's up there. That's like taking a wrister off your laces. Um, It's the fact that the refs control when the game ends. They don't end the game until a play is over, despite what the clock says. Uh, no, that's, that's the, uh, penalty minutes for when all those guys rolling around on the ground to, to have you relate to it. That's like a snow day. If you get a snow day in like elementary school, you still have to go 180 days. So they just tack on an extra day. You were going to get out of school on June 20th. Now it's the 21st. That's how it works. They keep track of the time. He says, however, in a game yesterday, I watched, uh, possession change twice and a yellow card being issued. Uh, he puts in parentheses, someone stubbed their toe and the refs still didn't stop the game. You think NBA refs can mess with the game? The soccer refs got a few weapons of their own. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess they can. Well, I was, when I talk about that, I talk about the four major American sports, United States of America, what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I guess you can give people yellow cards, give them two yellow cards, but I feel like the crowd kind of keeps the ref in check where, you know, I, I, an NBA ref, 
can sit a player and, uh, you know, I don't know. If it was a big enough game, maybe he'd get a couple of death threats. But, you know, in the soccer world, they'll actually carry, they'll actually kill you. They'll actually run out into the field and, like, fucking saw your head off. Um, there was something horrific that happened down in uh, South America with this, like, 20-year-old ref. First of all, he had a knife on him, so you can tell him what kind of a fucking horrific refereeing job he knew he was going into. And he got into it with some guy, and, and I don't know what happened, but he took out a knife and he stabbed this guy. And I believe the guy died. And then his brother, the dude who died's brother and everybody else ran onto the field and they cut the dude's head off on the fucking soccer field. You know? And we flip out when Ron Artest goes into the crowd and throws 15 punches and doesn't connect once. Basketball players are the worst. They can't throw a fucking... You know what it is? It's because they were nine feet tall in the third grade. They didn't have to fight. Some of the shorter guys, the six-foot ones, you know, they knew how to fight. But I swear to God, first of all, they throw punches like they're trying to throw somebody out from, like, the warning track. They do that overhand fucking, eh, a lot of them, a lot of them, they, they, uh, I don't know what the deal is. That would be fucking scary, right, if you actually learned some martial arts. I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tried to act like he did in those Bruce Lee movies or maybe uh, Wilt Chamberlain. And uh, Conan the Barbarian. Did he fight in that thing or did he just sort of sit on that fucking yak? I can't remember. Um, anyways, I don't, I don't really uh, – I'm not going to criticize uh, – I'm not going to criticize World Cup soccer. The whole fucking world loves it. I understand that there's something wrong with me. And, you know, I went to a game when I was over in England, went to that Arsenal game. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, it was the shit. It was the shit. We just don't have enough time to get into it. You know, like I would say, if, you, if you're if you're into uh, sports in the United States, you're into football, and you're into basketball for the or you're into football and you're into hockey, all right. And maybe you watch a little bit of baseball. That's how that's kind of where the pendulum is right now. But there's very few people that can actually watch hockey and basketball at the same. Like the the amount of space that would be taken up on your fucking DVR, right? I used to do it back in the day, though. Back in the 80s, man, when we had Bird, McHale, Robert Parrish, you know, fucking uh, Dennis Johnson, Cedric Maxwell, MLK, right? And then the Bruins, all through the 80s, the, the ending of Stan Jonathan, Wayne Cashman, Terry O'Reilly, into Cam Neely, Raymond Bork, right? Gord Kluzak, Willie Plett. Lyndon Byers, all of those fucking guys. You didn't want to miss a game. We used to, I used to just, that's all you did. Just that during, that's why I sucked so bad in school. Aside from the fact that I was dumb was, you know, the beginning of the year, school year, it was football season. So that fucked half my weekend right through January. And by January, I was in the throes of hockey and basketball season. That shit ended around May, and then it was June, and then I was just like, eh, you know, maybe I'll try next year. <laughs> you know? And then what happened? Then I'd go to summer school. Ah, summer school. What a fucking great time that was. Once you just got past the fact that you were still going to school, what you really, what you realized that you were now into this, you boiled, like, 
It's like when you reduce something by heating it up and you, they basically they boiled off all the fucking nerds, all the people that applied themselves. And what you were left with was this high concentration of class clowns and absolute psychos. And it was the I mean, it was the best fucking it was like going to a goddamn comedy camp. And where I went to summer school, it was like three towns. So you met these class clowns from three different towns and everybody kind of had their own fucking style. And you had to up your game. I know I've told these stories before. I, they, they were just a uh, time the guy poured the coke out on the guy mowing the lawn during the break. And we all ran and we sat down. And then our fucking teacher came in who was wearing Bermuda shorts. I swear to God, I think they were pink. He starts the lesson and all of a sudden the guy who was mowing the lawn comes in. <laughs> He's got, he had on a white t-shirt and the coke had made brown stains all over the front of it. And he just comes barging in, and the fucking Bermuda short teacher looks at him like, what the fuck? He goes, hang on a second. And he walks all the way to the back of the class, and he sticks his fucking, he had a square and rectangle head all at the same time, like a Fred Flintstone head. He sticks it sideways through, you know, those school windows, and then looks down, and he sees the puddle of Coke right underneath the window. And he's like, yeah, this is it. Which one of you threw the Coke out at me? And we're all just laughing. Laughing our ass off, and then, uh, you know, the kid who did it admits it. He doesn't give a fuck. He's not afraid of the principal. You know, he's on a first-name basis with the guy, and it was just like, it was a great time. Other than losing your summer, you know? But who's kidding who? You know, I'm a redhead. What was I going to be out there, sunbathing? Um, all right, continuing on. All right, uh, this is somebody talking about last week. Daughter or gay son whore question from last week. Uh, dear Billy, friend of gay... <laughs> I'm a gay male and a, listen, and a listener. Most of the issues that come up in everyday life pertaining to the gay community are overblown. I came out in the early 90s. I was a bit more emotional and defensive about things back then because the climate was very aggressive towards gays. Um, the truth is we only have a re we have come a really, really long way. It doesn't mean that the prejudice is gone, but it's a place where they're what? Where, uh, where the general Consciousness of the country is in a much healthier place. Um, last week, a reader asked who, uh, which you'd have, a whore of a daughter or a gay son. Um, let me start off by saying that I love Nia and I can see why you do as well. Sometimes I think she is a bit hard on the listeners and quick to label, label them as cavemen. Um, I got to tell you this. For you and everybody else who thinks she's too harsh on you guys, just know this. She's not talking to you guys. All right? She's talking to me. <laughs> because she knows how I am. And she knows what the fuck I say. And this is what you got to understand. She lives with me. So when I shut the mic off or whatever, when I come home from a comedy club, she hears the shit that I say. And I'm just like you guys. I say all kinds of shit that I've actually had a real job. I, I, you know, I'd have to issue some sort of fucking apology. You know what I mean? Because I'm a human being and I'm a moron. So what she does is she thinks she knows all the shit that I say. Um, most of which ends up on ends up going to the stage. I usually end up taking to the stage because she gets so mad at me. And uh, I oh, you know, you know what one of them was? This is actually a great story. Sorry, guys. I'm fucking in this high altitude, and I just worked out, and uh, I keep getting fucking dry mouth here. I know it's disgusting to listen to me drink here. I'm sorry. Um, 
All right, here's a classic one. That bit I did about Rihanna, um, about saying, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not condoning what the guy did, and blah 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 blah, but like, you know, I was basically speculating what happened. You know, what happened in the car before that shit went down. I can't remember how the fucking bit went. So I'm sitting there and I say that shit and she just goes, don't even fucking say it. Don't eat because of right when the story came out, don't even she was doing that shit. You know, when somebody's so mad at you, they can't even look at you. She was putting her index finger up like going like, hang on a second. And she was just sort of looking up with her eyes closed. Don't even say it. Don't even fucking say. And I just start laughing. And I, I, of course, you tell a comedian, don't say it. You know, they're going to fucking say it. It's like that Mr. Saturday Night scene, Billy Crystal. When he does that, what's with your fucking hair? When they said, don't say it, then you got to say it. So, uh, so I said whatever the fuck I said. And then she got so mad at me or whatever. Then we had a giant debate about it. Surprise, surprise. And then like a week later, completely unprovoked, my mother-in-law was over. And that story came up again. And she goes, you know, that's terrible, but I got to admit, I wonder what she said. And I start laughing and Nia's just like, mom. And I felt totally justified and whatever. That ended up being that bit or whatever. So getting back to what you're saying, she's not, she's not calling the listeners cavemen. So don't, don't I label them as cavemen. She's, she's really talking to me because she thinks I'm a moron. And then she thinks on the podcast that I am a Pied Piper for morons. She doesn't understand that the amount of people that listen to this just to listen to how dumb I am and laugh and feel better about themselves or maybe get fat shamed. Anyways, back to the uh, the, the uh, question in hand here. Um, he said, however, uh, it is her opinion and I've never thought her wrong for it. Um, this guy's being very diplomatic. Um, in this case, though, she was way off the mark. There was nothing discriminatory about the question. In fact, it was the exact opposite. It was, oh, man, I wish she was here for this. Uh, it was an inclusive, it was inclusive and represented the types of thoughts a man having a son could have. Raising alarm the way she did sensationalizes some issues that don't even exist. We do not have chronic problems of wondering which sex we'd rather have be a whore. The fact that the question was intended to be humorous, humorous which she did acknowledge, Put it in a category of even less offensiveness. Um, you of her have made many jokes about a million things and implying this is off limits, victimizes the sexual habits of either sex. Uh, her intent was righteous, uh, but it, it's this irresponsible alarming of any issue that makes it harder for a gay boy to be thought of equally and also makes it harder for a straight person to become comfortable with issues pertaining to sexual uh, orientation p.s you look better with a beard (laughs) (laughs) oh shit you know right as i was about ready to say that this was my probably the most grammatically like best written thing on the podcast you could have you could have read that on fucking meet the press you gotta yeah that was perfect you set me up but in the end you took a nice fucking uppercut um I like having a beard. I also like being clean shaven. So, you know, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to keep looking at that poster of me above your bed, sir. Okay, because I'm, I'm going clean shaven here for a while. All right. Hear that? Clean shaven. All right. Fat shaming. Oh, I already read that one. Um, what are we up to here? Oh, we're up to an hour. Um, graffiti. Hey, Billy Copper Crotch. Ah, gee, look at that. Just taking fucking rights and lefts here. 
Is this any way to treat your host? You know, I invite you over for free. I help you with your commute. And here you do fucking trash in my pubes over there. Um, first off, I like to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Oh, I know how this goes. Yeah, butter me up. So then I put my guard down and then you fucking trash my fucking, I don't know what, my giant forehead. He said, always hilarious, and even, even insightful at times. Oh, look at that. Even dummies write every once in a while. Uh, gets me through the long commute to college every day. He said, uh, Jesus Christ, this kid's 18 years old. Oh, it's even insightful. You little cunt. Um, he said, I'm an 18-year-old from Providence, Rhode Island. I've drank there. I've been into art, art ever since I can remember. I love all forms of it except those dumb-ass sculptures that look like some moron welded a couple of scraps of junkyard metal together in a pathetic attempt at being uh, creative. Uh, But the one form of visual expression that has always been my hat and personal passion is graffiti. Um, Oh, man, the question got cut off. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I got it right here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. As a graffiti writer... I am very aware that many people despise what we do, consider it pointless, ugly, detrimental to society, as well as childish. Yet I have been utterly curious to know what your opinion slash position of our art form is, be it negative or positive. I'd be ecstatic to hear you discuss it on the podcast for a bit, for a bit. Best wishes to the lovely Nia and you, you old cunt. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Dude, everybody's trying to steal around this week. You know, I feel like I'm winning. Then all of a sudden you fucking Sugar Ray Leonard me here. Um, P.S. You should come perform somewhere in Rhode Island, Connecticut or Boston soon. Me and my older brother have been dying to see some authentic Billy Boy stand up, but we lack the finances to travel relatively far from home. Well, I'll I'll be there definitely uh, as I build up my next hour. I haven't been to Boston in uh, I think it was February of last year. So I'm due. I'm definitely due. Um, all right. So what is my, what is my opinion on it? I, I definitely think it's an art form. I definitely like any art form. There's some I like more than others. What I, my only complaint is the canvas that you guys use. I respect the ability to, uh, I mean, some of the, some of the, like someone who actually makes like a painting or something like that is incredible. Just sitting there tagging and writing your name. Then it comes down to how, how visually I guess stimulating it is, but my thing is to, uh, what kills a lot of it is if you actually spray paint on something that I was already appreciating and the fact that I know that somebody else owns it and that you just spray paint it all over it. I understand that a lot of that art is this outlaw thing. Um, you know, I mean, I don't give a fuck, you know, those metal things that they pull down over the doors, those are ugly to look at. So when graffiti artists spray painted them i thought that those looked better however you know if you come up like where i live you know there's these guys you know i don't know this fucking armenian gang and they they tag shit all the fucking time and it stinks it's just black spray paint and they just spray their fucking thing it's really dumb they write danger in one of their things which is really stupid and i I, and i've told you before that i i think armenians and russians are the pit bulls of uh of human like i would not you i would not fuck with either one of them on any goddamn level however i will sit there in the safety of this hotel room in the middle of utah surrounded by mormons and say that that that's kind of fucking lame to write danger um 
it's just stupid now I'm baiting them to do something dangerous. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it, 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 I've seen documentaries on, uh, uh, you know, graffiti artists and I definitely have an appreciation for it, but I, I'm happy that they're off the subway trains in New York. Um, I always hated that shit. Then they started scratching up the seats and shit. And it's just like, isn't it awful enough that these things are going to be filthy because so many people are in here? Do you have to fucking ruin it now by scratching up the windows and all this type of shit? And like, I don't, I don't, you know, all that bullshit that they say, well, you know, I guess with some inner city kids, they have this, you know, they feel invisible and this is their way of, of, of what fucking ruining property. I don't, that's, I don't know. There's got to be a better way to do it. But I have to tell you, out in L.A., there's some amazing, amazing stuff that I have seen. So uh, I don't know. So I guess, yeah, I do appreciate it. But sometimes, you know, just some of the shit. Like, they got a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, L.A. is just classic for just tearing some beautiful old building down and then just sticking up a fucking strip mall. And there's not a lot of stuff like that left. So when there is something like that, some Art Deco-looking stuff... And some kid comes up and spray paints all over it. Um, you know, I don't like that. I think then I think it's ugly. I think uh, you there was already a piece of art, and then you fucking like in a way it's like you're cock blocking. You're not enhancing it or whatever. Um, I, I would say that. You know what is funny though is when you see somebody driving down the street in like some truck, and there's just fucking graffiti all over it. <laughs> That always makes me laugh because I always think about uh, the Griswold family truckster when they pulled in and they went to ask for directions, which was absolutely hilarious. You couldn't do a scene like that now because it would probably be considered too racist or whatever, but it was fucking hilarious. They pull in and they're stealing their hubcaps and all that type of shit and spray painting. It was basically, it was a Def Jam bit. Like, what's his face? Chevy Chase was the white guy. You know, hey, how are you? Just trying to get back out on the highway. You know, that type of shit. So, oh, you know what? I forgot to bring up. Here's something else I wanted to show you guys before uh, before I get out of here. Um, is I got a new rear end put in on my truck. I finally, I, you know, I went out to Texas when I hung out with those guys over at Gas Monkey. They were telling me because I got, still have that granny transmission in there. And I wanted to keep it, you know a three speed on the column. I just think it's cool as hell to be shifting on the column. And, um, so I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to fuck with the linkage or something like that. Where all of a sudden I don't, I don't, I like, I don't actually, to be honest with you, I don't know if I put a fourth gear, if that means now I got to have it on the floor, it just always seemed as four on the floor, three on the tree. So, um, one of the guys over there at gas, Mike was like, yeah, just throw a new rear end in. You know, because my truck basically redlines at about, it was at about 50, 55. It doesn't redline, but it's it's making enough noise where the engine's working too hard because it's basically designed to uh, just kind of haul shit around on a farm. Um, so whatever. So I put a new rear end. I didn't put a new rear end. Uh, obviously, uh, it's, I had some other guys do it. And uh, it's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. And now it's making me, now it can cruise at like 65 which is night and day, you know, 55 to 65, 65, you, you, you're cruising at 55. You're actually going to cause an accident. You bump up that extra 10 miles. It's huge. And now, um, I don't know. I think I kind of got the bug. I really want to keep the truck as original as I can, but to the point that I've, everything that I've changed on the truck, I've kept the original. 
like when I had an aluminum radiator put in, I kept the original one. I have that in my garage. When uh, Christopher Titus helped me do the, the front brakes, uh, basically showed me what to do. I kept the uh, the drums and the shoes and all that shit. I have that. And now I have back there, I have my pinion and ring gear from the rear end. And um, I found this great website. I got to find it that actually explains gear ratios and how to do them. You got to check it out. It's one of the coolest, like, fucking... It's one of the coolest things, sites I ever read as far as, like, mechanics go. And you really understand, like, racing a lot better, like, the push-pull of adding... It's all about weight, you know, trying to get the car to go as fast as it can while still keeping it as light as possible. It's fucking amazing, that whole balance... Um, and just all the shit that they do to the car, it just makes it, I, I feel like I moved up three levels in my limited understanding of it. it's really, really fucking fascinating stuff. And, uh, I already forget how to do gear ratios, but I counted the rings on my old, uh, ring gear and, and on the pinion. And I was able to figure out what kind of rear end that I had. And I was trying to get over to the garage when they were putting the new one in. Cause they were going to actually, you know, show me how to, like the way Titus showed me, we're going to show me some shit, but and of course, ended up getting some crap that I had to do, so I wasn't able to do it. But um, so that'll be it. I'll show you the rock climbing thing. I'll show you the guy showing you how to do a muscle up, and I'll show you uh, what else. What I just talked about the gear ratios. Oh, and then the last thing too, just to keep it fair, so it's not all testosterone stuff. Uh, I'm going to show you a a fucking <laughs> YouTube clip that I saw today. On how to basic, it's pretty basic, how to just make an egg within some bread, you know, like an egg over easy. And this woman actually makes it with little heart shapes. You can do it to, for your wife. I'm telling you, this is the type of shit you do that, you know, so then when you actually fuck up, they have that in their head. Oh, well, he made me an egg in the heart shape thing. So I watched this thing showing you how to do it. It's, it's really basic, uh, which is why I could understand it. But I have, I got to show you this thing. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bait you guys into writing a bunch of mean comments. All right. There's something in the video that is super fucking annoying that you're not supposed to make fun of. So I won't. All right. But I'm just letting you know that you know there's cute and then there's fucking annoying. And I felt that this video went into annoying. But other than that, I'll put that up there anyways. All right. But keep your comments fucking nice. You guys. You guys say way too much mean shit. A lot of you too. You guys go way over the top. You know, if you don't like my wife being on that, I get it. You can just say that. You don't have to go as far as you fucking go. So really, uh, you know, I mean, it's fucked up me saying that considering I trash everything. But, uh, you know, just fucking dial it back a little bit. All right, you cunts. All right, that's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourself. I'm telling you right now, United States, I'm praying they make the World Cup final. I'm praying that they win it. And I'm praying that 40 people show up. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.